Y'all are now tuning into your new favorite podcast, The Rosie Perspective. I'm your host, Rosie. I want y'all to get ready for some laughter, good times, great conversation, new perspective. Of course, we got to throw in some explicit content. Overall, dope vibes. Now let's get into it. Hey, it's your girl, Rosie. I'm back with another episode of The Rosie Perspective. On today's episode, I have two lovely ladies all the way from the UK. I'm excited. I have Crystal and Rashida, and they are from the Talking Single Podcast. Say hello, ladies. Hi. We're so excited to be here. Yes. Hello. Hello. Thank you, Rosie, for having us. I'm excited as well. Yeah, so glad to finally have you all on. So before we get started on what I have to talk about today, if you both could just um, give um, my listeners a little background info about your podcast or anything else you guys want to throw in about yourselves. I'll start with you, Rashida. Oh, no, you put me on the spot. I was going to say Crystal is the um, PR person for our podcast. But well, I'll tell you a little bit about myself, um, okay. Rashida. Um one quarter of the talking single podcast my persona on the podcast is single and ready to mingle finally after a few months or years of not wanting to date I'm finally open to dating again as we mentioned earlier as we were chatting before the podcast I'm a relationship a qualified relationship and sex educator for young persons and how did I get into that? I just realized young persons of, of African origin haven't never have proper sex education. It's it used to be a taboo. We never had any of those. Yeah. So I thought I'd qualify and hopefully spread the knowledge, which I haven't started doing yet. But ask me, end of this year, fingers crossed, it'll be a different story. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll be sure to ask. All right, Crystal. PR person, let us know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Hi everyone, I am Crystal and my persona on the podcast is that I am a recovering love addict who okay. used to chase unavailable men, but now I practice mindfulness, self-love and I'm happily single. Um, so there are four of us um, ladies and we live in London and we talk about life, love and everything else. Um, we're very opinionated. Some of us think we're funny, but <laughs> Rashida. <coughs> I don't know why you're looking at me when you say that. <laughs> Rashida thinks she's funny, but the jury's out on that. Yeah, so that's us. All right. Well, I love your podcast. I've been listening to you guys for a while. And being that you guys are all the way from the UK, London, it doesn't matter where we're from. It seems like we all kind of have the same relationship struggles because I'll be listening to the podcast and I'll be like, girl, who are you telling? Because it's a, it's a different environment out here. And I guess it doesn't make a difference whether you're here in America or whether you're over there. So, okay, I'll start with a question about so you said, Crystal, that you are the one that typically would date unavailable men. Were you one of those women, because sometimes we are, where you knew they were unavailable, but in your mind you could change them, so you're just going to try to convince them that you are the one? Um, was that you, or...? Um, I think I was more one of those people who attracted emotionally 
unavailable men, but the minute they pull away, it's like something weird happens to me and I have to chase them. Yeah. So the pulling away was the bit that really triggered that thing in me that was like, I have to have you. Now that you don't want to be available, I want you so much. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was the problem. Yeah, whenever Absolutely. they pulled away, I was like, I want this man so much. Yeah, But no. <laughs> recovered, not chasing any man anymore. <laughs> That's good. And Rashida, I know you said you were like all set with dating for a long time. Now you're a little bit more open to it. Were your experiences just that bad that you're just like, you know what? I got to sit this out. I mean, cause that's understandable. I think I know a bunch of women that were just like, Lord help. Okay. Like at this point. So how was your take on that? I think for me was at least twice I've been in a point where I was like, yep, this is it. I'm not dating anymore. This is the man. And this is where sailing into happily ever after. And obviously when those did not work out, I was just broken and traumatized. And I guess with the kind of person I am is, oh crap, I've tried this twice and or three times. I'm like, okay, I'm done with all this headache and trying to date people not working out then trying to build yourself up again and I was just like I'm done and with lots of my friends I always tell them I'm so over trying to meet people because when they are when you meet them they'll be like what's your name what's your best food who's your best friend what are your best colors and I'm just like miss me with that <laughs> but at some point last year I was just like I mean I have to put myself out there anyway and you have to be in the game to win it right so yeah no you're right well you're right and I think I I think I know from listening but I'm not sure about all four of you but what is your ethnic background are you Nigerian African African yeah we're Nigerian women yeah we're all Nigerian yeah okay all right and um I had heard an episode which is true I'm Haitian but you know the foreign backgrounds are the foreign backgrounds where you all were discussing your moms I'm I don't remember which or who but your mom's, you know, praying for a husband. They have people yep. calling you, trying to hook yeah. you up from the church, <laughs> telling you all this stuff. My mom is the queen of that. I'm like, listen, lady. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Does you. it happen on birthdays, New Year's Day? Usually birthdays and New Year's Day, actually, because New Year's Day will be, by God's grace, this year you will get married. You will meet a man, get married and have a baby. Have a baby. And you're like, in 12 months how's that okay well this happened I know know it does happen but with the the energy with which they're praying you're just like oh my god yeah the pressure is high yes that's so funny but yes that's definitely a thing and I appreciate the prayers but I'm like either God ain't listening to them right now or (laughs) I don't know what it is but or you sometimes find men you know it's not hard to find a man that's not the problem it's I nope. guess what you're looking for or what suits you or what's best for you that yep. becomes the issue so it's not you know people are like oh women are single and blah blah and they're bitter it's not that you can easily yeah. f- go outside and find a man but if he's not what you need or what you want that's going to be short-lived and like you said Rashida it is time consuming you have to learn the person over and learn the new person and it's just like oh my goodness miss me with the bullshit which is what you said exactly exactly yeah and one last thing is as we grow older we're more confident and more comfortable in ourselves so you kind of know 
what you like and what you don't and what you accept. So very quickly, all of these less than ideal men are just struck off your list of possibilities. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sometimes it's less about companionship. You just have to see the bigger picture. And if it suits you mm-hmm. and if it doesn't, it does you just got to write it out until yeah. you find what you're looking for. So mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So I wanted to go into the first topic that I have listed today. I seen this post and um, I was curious. I haven't thought of my answer yet. So I'm gonna start with y'all. But <laughs> that is, since we're talking about relationships, I'll start about I'll start with a relationship. Um, and then I'll ask as far as friendships. And the question was, how soon after you meet someone, do you know if you like them or not? So I'll start with you, Crystal. So you meet a guy, you guys are talking, whatever, like, I guess how soon after do you know, like, you know what, he gonna be my little boo, or are you like, okay, he's definitely about to be in the trash in a second. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. It depends on where you meet them. I think if you meet them online, you may know quite quickly that, nah, this isn't going to work and I'm not going to waste my time. But if it's someone that's in your life and you see them often, because I know of a guy that I used to see often and I was like, man, I hate this guy. I hate this guy so much. <laughs> and, then, and then one day he smiled at me and I was like, oh my God, he's so I love him. I'm in love. <laughs> And from that day onwards, I was like, I like this boy so much. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So it depends. It depends on the person, where you meet them, how you meet them. But yeah, that's that's my answer. Okay, wait, you said, okay, about online. Do you think like online, you don't feel like you could find a real connection? Do you feel like? You can, but I think you... Because there's so many people online, you tend to know very quickly, or you think you know very quickly if it's not going to work out, I think. Yeah, I think online dating is a minefield where you just overlook people. People overlook people very easily online, where in real life, if you met a person, you would probably give them a second chance. But online, sometimes you're just like, nah, I'm done, next. Yeah, you're I right. Think, yeah. You're right. No, I agree with that. Um, Rashida, what do you think? Do you think you know uh, when you decide whether or not you like somebody? Okay, so for me, the and I think I said in our one early podcast episode is I have a specific type. So when I meet that, ki- that type, I'll tell you the type. I'm not oh mentioning god. names. I see Crystal oh ruling god. her eyes already. <laughs> yes, I was. I was it's, like, oh my god, here we go. No, 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 no. I'm not mentioning names. Is I have a type. So when I meet, I like dark skinned, tall, dark skinned, and funny men. Okay. So anybody that is dark, dark skinned and is makes me laugh, I'm gone. I'm like, oh god, I love this guy there and then. <laughs> Honestly, it's so easy. And I guess it took me a while. I think it must have been a couple of years ago when I realized what my type was. So when I meet those sort of people, I'm like, I love this guy. I want him or I just, I'm more open to talking to them and getting to know them and seeing where it goes. Whereas if they don't meet that um, dark and funny thing, <laughs> if they're just, light, I don't know what, it's just an uncom- unconscious thing. Sorry? If they're light and funny, they don't, you don't like them. I don't know what it is, as in, I think I've dated one light-skinned guy, but most 
the people that I've really, really, really liked, maybe it's just a coincidence, it's usually dark skinned. No, it's not a coincidence. Your type is dark skinned. <laughs> Idris Elba, I'm gonna help her out. Idris Elba, cough, cough. No, listen to this every single time on almost every episode, somehow Idris Elba's name comes up. And the Guinness- I love him. No, correction, she's obsessed. She's obsessed with him. It's becoming a problem. Okay, actually, so I and I and I clarified it's not Idris himself, is that Idris thing, the dark and funny or the the that thing, there's just something about him that I like. So it's not exactly Idris. Okay. To clarify. Right, so, and yeah. I don't know if you guys watch Snowfall. Do you guys watch the show Snowfall? No. no there's an actor on there i mean on there his name is uh franklin but his name is I, I don't know if you guys will know who i'm talking about if i say the name i have to find it because i call him franklin because that's what we gonna call him on the show so <laughs> let me franklin his name is damson idris do you know who he is he's t- no okay let me show oh, you hello i just googled him googled so that's yep. Is that your type, Rashida? Ooh. Yeah, I like that color. I don't know how. Let's see. Yeah, that 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 would work. Do you know him? Have you got his telephone <laughs> number? Is that where this conversation is going? <laughs> no, no, it's not. Oh. But because you said Idris, because he is a dark skin, he's tall. He's also from the UK, which I didn't know until um, pretty recently. But I was curious. Yeah him to see if that was yeah yeah I, I i like he is attractive yes he is he looked good okay so all right so that's your type so for me let me see how do i know i do have a type as well but i do try to dibble and dabble in other types because you know it may be that one person that's not fully my type but then i just realize i don't like them and i prefer not to like somebody uh, i prefer okay let me see how i'm gonna say this I prefer, it's going to sound weird, but I prefer to waste my time with somebody I'm attracted to versus somebody I'm not. Because it's like, Mm. I already didn't like you and you wasted my time versus somebody that I already thought was cute. I don't want my time wasted. Don't get me wrong. But if I had to pick, I don't want it to be a dude that I barely found attractive anyway. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> so for yeah me, something good has to come of it right yes like okay at least i didn't talk to somebody that i couldn't stare in the face you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i don't know if i have a time frame i just know through conversation i think once you start getting uh more into the mindset of how that person uh conducts themselves how they think how they see certain uh situations or topics yeah. or views on life I think one day I could just wake up and decide like, this ain't it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a specific time frame. I think it's just something that hits me through conversation or um, something like that, where I'm just like, okay, keep it real with yourself. This is not going to be your person. And um, yeah, yeah, so I don't think there's a time frame. I just think it's conversation. So Yeah, Yeah, and you made a good point. Um, Because when not sometime last year, at some point anyway, I was, I met someone who's dark and he's funny and we start talking, 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 talking. I did find him attractive, but we start talking about random stuff and the issue of women and feminism came up and he was so, so deep in that thing of women and gender roles and women, modern women are 
too tra- pro- problematic. They hate men and da, 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 da. And honestly, that broke my heart because I'm like, yeah. gosh, you're dark, you're cute, you're funny, but you have this really, really opposing view to me. I mean, yeah, eventually, yeah. well, nothing came of it anyway. So, but yeah, you, but yeah. some of the things it, it may be towards women once you get to talk to them, and it doesn't apply apply specifically to you. But if that's your outlook on women, eventually, mm. it's going to fall on you. Apply, yeah. And some of their thoughts are twisted when it comes to women, and guys are just oh my god, openly, and you're like, you saying that out loud, like what? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he tried to make me even feel bad for having those different thoughts so for instance his idea is every woman must know how to cook because she will be the primary caregiver of the kids I'm like actually no the husband could be the or the father of the children could be the primary caregiver and he does the bulk of the cooking and he's like never a man's place is not in the kitchen I was like wow oh god (laughs) your cuteness is wasted Yeah, whoever he finds, we'll see how that works. Some women want to be in that role. A lot of women now don't feel like it's necessary to be in that role, but I'm all set. For for me, like, personally, can I cook? I can. Can I go down, as they say? I cannot, but I can cook enough to eat. I may spice it up and make something really good one day and surprise my damn self, but I would prefer not, like, my mom like when I watch her my dad like when she has to cook like every day or every other day I'm not about that life like every day I'm not cooking every day y'all got me no sir (laughs) (laughs) listen I love to cook I love cooking and I'm a good cook but I I agree there's no way I'm cooking for you every day just no Mm -mm. (laughs) so don't expect that I'm not I'm not I'm not killing myself in the kitchen no yeah, no, I, I not every day. So sorry, fellas. Um, all right. So I'll ask the same question. I don't know if it'll make a difference for you as far as response. And that would be, okay, without it being a relationship, let's say you meet a friend, another woman, um, we'll go with women. Uh, I know you can have male friends. How soon do you know whether or not you like that person, whether it's a coworker or whether Rashida brings someone around you, Crystal, or Crystal brings someone around Rashida, like how soon during the outing does it take for you to know whether or not this is like, okay, I don't really like her like that. Or (laughs) I'll start with you again, Crystal. I think it's through conversation. So I think I would know, I would know immediately if they said something really controversial or something that I don't like. I'll be like, nah, I don't like this person. (laughs) Or or it could be later down the line. They might say something I don't like. And I'll be like, I don't like this person. But when I think about the friends, my good friends that I, that I have now who I've met ages ago, I remember that we clicked immediately, like on Mm. the same day, they just said something. And I'm like, this is my person. And we've been (laughs) friends since. So yeah. Yeah, okay, fair it. enough. Do you think the same, Rashida, or is it a little different for you? Well, it's not just um conversation. Sometimes body language. Have you? I don't. I don't know if you've ever done. If this has ever happened to you, you go somewhere and you meet certain women. Their aura or their person, their body language, or the shapes they're throwing. You're just like, I don't like this girl. Yeah. For whatever no. reason, maybe it's just the way you're like, oh, hello. And the response you get is just a terrible hello in response or something. And you're just like, why is she like that? But yeah. 
No, I, I yeah. agree with both of you. I think, definitely think through conversation and I definitely think through body language because sometimes yeah. you can meet somebody and they don't have to say anything, but the attitude seems stank. And you can read the room. Yep. Like everybody else in here is all happy and go willy and you got a yeah. on. You don't want to interact with anybody. And mm. you may have been having a bad day, but you asked him the cane if that was the case because you kill it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, okay, I definitely agree with that. So then- the next topic I wanted to go into were, uh, okay, I don't know what you guys think of Americans and sex and everything, and I don't know if there's a difference over in London. So I wanted to ask, are you all openly sexual there as we are in America? Because, you know, Americans be American okay? So um, is it, I know you said you're a sexual educator, and it used to be taboo, and et cetera, but um, I'll start with you, Rashida. How do you feel about how open you guys are able to be your sexual selves in London? Okay, well, so for me in London, I have like a small group of friends where we can just be openly sexual, if that's the word, not in a sexual way, but talk about stuff mm-hmm. and without judgment. And I know, and it's for me, it's a smaller circle of my friends. Whereas when I see my American friends, they have a wider circle. And I feel like it's, even though we're all sexual women, they talk about it more. And I think there's less judgment based on what I've seen. So my, an example would be a London friend or some London friends would be less likely to tell me or tell other people if they, for instance, had sex on the first date. Whereas the American women, just even people that are friends of my friends, you'd when I hang out with them, you'd hear conversations like, "Oh yeah, I had sex on the first date," and I'm like, "Well, should you be telling me that? I'm not that friendly with you." But <laughs> for them, it's not a big deal. Yeah, and, but I think um, they're more open. Yeah, I I get that impression. I mean, because Americans are, are are more open with a lot of things. I'm gonna ask another question, but I'll, I'll move on to you, Crystal. Before I do, um, do you feel like us American folks are more open than uh, you are are able to be in London? Yeah, I think I think um, yeah, you are more open, and I don't know. I think you only know what you know. But within our f- com- friendship group, Black women from African descent. I think Nigerian women are a bit more reserved and maybe almost pretentious. Like they don't want to talk about sex, but they are having sex. And it's due, it's more to do with religion and how women are perceived in in the Nigerian society. And I don't know if you agree with me, Rashida, because- a woman who is openly sexual and talks about it is seen as a hoe. But a man who is openly sexual and talks about it is seen as the man. So there's a double standard there. Mm -hmm. Like even our podcast, we don't, some of our friends don't know we have this podcast. And some of some friends who've listened to it have been like, oh, wow, I didn't know you were that open about sex. And I'm like, yeah. So yeah, it's a very pretentious, a very pretentious culture I think but within my friend friendship group like Rashida and the girls and especially Rashida I'm very open to talking to Rashida and she's very open talking to me about anything we do sexually even when I don't want to know she drops the the massive (laughs) uh, it's the other way around (laughs) by the way (laughs) 
But anyway, so listen um, to this. We'll just be sitting down and having a nice conversation, and she just drops a bomb with yeah. too much information. She's the one who does that. She's just pump it in. She'll be like, "Oh, so me and so and so." I'll be like, and then she'll 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 just say something else. I'll be like, "Wait, wait, 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 girl, rewind. <laughs> what did you just say to me?" Yep, I know that all too well. You like, hold on, run that back. You're not gonna yeah. skip over that. Yeah, yeah, wait. <laughs> But I'm not like that with all my friends. Some of my friends, I can't say that to because they will judge me. Oh, so, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. No, I understand. I mean, honestly, I'm glad you guys do have that group of girls that you can have that open conversation with. I do as well. Um, I mean, I might say a little bit of anything to anybody, but <laughs> like, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. But obviously, like my deep information that's definitely from my home girls but to talk about it i am open to talking about it even on my podcast i do have uh sexual type conversations um i mean like my sister she's christian she both of them are uh very religious and i'm like y'all don't need to listen to my podcast because <laughs> you ain't no one having sex yes i have a, a 11 year old child obviously he got here some way but i don't want them to hear how i talk about it because they're definitely going to judge their older haitian women they're religious so mm-hmm. i'm like y'all don't need to listen to my podcast but um okay how about attire so Americans, you know, we can walk outside with a thonkini, uh, poom poom shorts. Uh, you can go outside with like a bra and say it's a bustier, whatever. Are you guys, do you, do you guys dress as, you know, freaky-ish in London where it's not, you know, frowned upon? Or is that also a thing where it's like, uh, no, put some clothes on, Crystal. I don't know, you know, I think that, so African, African, women of African descent, not so much, okay. but um, Caribbean women, whoo, those women do not care. <laughs> the booty is huge and the short shorts are on and they don't care. So I think it's more whether you care or not, if people judge you, I don't know if people judge them, but okay. they don't care. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. What, what yeah. do you think, Rashida? Yeah, same thing as in if it's within the African setting, then you'd have to kind of tone it down. So I, I can't remember. I think it was Crystal I was telling. So for instance, when I'm going, when I'm going to like a family event, sometimes you have to start thinking, oh God, is this dress too tight? Is it too short? Is this neckline high enough? Because if not, you just have conversations with the African aunties. And I mean, I'm too old. I feel like I'm too old to have conversations with African aunties about what I wear, but the conversations will still be there. Yeah. Like, why are you wearing something so tight? Why is it so revealing? Why are you just like, miss me with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But generally, out with friends or anything, I think generally you can wear anything. But as we, I think maybe in our 20s you could get away with wearing skin people as I've grown older I realized I love being warm and it's always cold here anyway so (laughs) most times even if you wear a crop top you just wear a nice coat over it because you're just like I'm not about to catch pneumonia trying to look cute no you're right I I definitely agree with that because in the 20s you definitely it'd be freezing outside and you have the little mini dress with the shoes and you're standing in line to go out and you're you're willing to freeze but I'm not willing to do that now at 32. I'm really not. I'm going outside with a coat on. Hopefully they got yep. coat packed. But I agree with that because I'm no longer interested in 
making sure I just look cute and I'm catching pneumonia. So I agree with you. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think when we're on holiday, well, when I go on holiday, I, I, I'm a little bit more open to wearing yeah. the short shorts, wearing the skimpy skirts. So you be stuff. acting up on holiday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know anybody who cares. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's true. The only times I've ever worn bikinis out and about was on holiday. And I remember in Miami, Crystal, when we went, I would initially I was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll just wear like another like a one piece sport. And I wore the bikini on the beach and I was like, oh, I'm so hot. And but I can only imagine trying to wear it at home. I'm like, uh, but maybe it's just me. <laughs> they gonna get whatever body I got and whatever bikini I got anywhere. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. But I'm, I mean, the only thing about being here in Boston, like the beaches here are raggedy, okay? So ain't nobody getting in the water. So I don't even wear a bikini to the damn beach because the, the beach water is nasty here. But <laughs> if I go to the pool, it's fine. And obviously when I'm out on vacation as well, but the beach here ain't getting nothing because the water is brown, okay? So it's just not, not gonna happen here for me. Um, all right, so then I wanted to switch gears a little bit. Uh, this was another post that I seen as well. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it. And it's as far as um, it add, the question asks, do you believe people ask you what you do for a living so they can calculate the le level of respect to give you? And um, I thought that was an interesting question. For me, um, I think absolutely that's why they ask. I feel people want to know how to gauge how, how to gauge you as a person. Let's say you say you work at a fast food restaurant or something. I mean, I think some people will be like, oh, okay, you just work at a fast food. Versus if you say you are um, an owner of a multi-million business, they're going to be like, oh, you know, they're gonna talk to you much more different. So I do think that's the reason people ask what you do for a living. I mean, I've had through conversation when guys ask me, I mean, I work in the healthcare field and they ask me what I do, I explain. You could see that there's a level of interest that peaks because it's not a quote unquote bullshit job in their eyes versus if I was doing something else, I don't know what the response would be, but I feel like the level of respect would be a little less. Um, so I'll start with you, Rashida. Do you think that question is kind of to gauge whether or not uh, they're deciding how much level of respect to give you in a sense, however you want to put it? Well, you could say that I would come to that, but I, in my personal opinion or when I ask people about the work they do is sometimes for me is just to see if we have any common ground and look for common topics to talk about yeah but I'm aware of the fact that there are people that would treat you differently just because or speak to you differently just because of where you work correct yeah and I I'm learning that those sort of people I don't think can or should be my friends. I don't want I wouldn't want to interact with people that would treat you in a different way. So example was um, I think a few years ago my friend introduced me to someone and I work in banking but I do technology in banking. But okay. all she had told him was oh she works in investment banking. So he assumed I was an actual investment banker. So he was like, oh, you finance people, you make so much money. And I'm like, actually, no, I do. I do technology in banking. And was like, oh. And also that just pulled me off. That changed for him? Like, excuse yeah, me? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so that that kind of just put a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, 
I don't like this guy because he's now, as you've said, the level of respect or interest or his perception of me has changed because he yeah. felt I was an actual investment banker, but I'm not. No, I get so, it. Yeah. I definitely think that's the thing. And like you said, <clears throat> personally, like you said, when when I do ask as well, I mean, first of all, I just want to know what the fuck do you do? Okay. So <laughs> I just yeah. want to know whether or not it's a level of respect for me when I ask. That's not the case. Uh, because sometimes let's say someone is unable to get a job and they're currently in a in a temporary job, but they're working on elevating. I'm not, you know, I think if you're not in a, you know, a, a good financial job, because uh, I'm sorry, we grown, I, we just got to pay our bills. So there gets to a certain age where you just need a job that's going to financially hold you up. It is what it is. And all jobs can't do that. But if you are temporary in a temporarily in a job, but you have a goal and you have a plan and you're trying to move up, that's different. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, you work here. I am going to ask you a little, a, a few more questions to see what your plan is. Yes, you work here, but are you working on getting out of there? Are you trying to do yeah. something else? Now, yeah. if your answers are uh, not kind of up to par what I'm looking for, that's a little different story, but yeah. I am not going to just assume that, okay, I'm going to just disrespect this person because they're not in a specific yeah. line of work. Yeah. Crystal, what do you think about uh, that question? Yeah, I think some people, some people do ask you that question to gauge if you're on the same level or not um when I meet people I try not to lead with that question try mm -hmm. to get them to know them better and then if they do talk about work then I'll be like oh so what do you do but yeah I think I definitely do think that some people do that and some people just ask out of interest just yeah. because they want to know yeah no, I agree. With also, that. also, for me, is when I meet potential partners, I I actually always ask because there are some grown men out here that have no jobs and like, oh yeah, I'm not working. <laughs> okay, fine. You might be in between contracts. When? How long have you not been working yet? Yeah, it's been two years. No, thank you. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no. there's the follow-up questions and the answers that will let you know yeah. where this person is in life. Again, mm -hmm. not everybody is always where they want to be. I understand things change, circumstances change. But when you hit them with those follow-up questions and the answers ain't good, boo-boo, I'm sorry, <laughs> papito. It, it, you got to go, okay? <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you got to go so okay you said something crystal and i'm just curious about it i just randomly thought about it because it's a question i know i hate Ugh. and that's a question of like tell me about yourself when you're getting to know somebody how do you feel about that question i mean yeah that's supposed to ask you but i don't like that and i had this conversation recently with somebody because we were talking about it as far as um men asking you like tell me about yourself what color do you like blah blah blah, blah. i guess you could do that but I feel like fellas should have more direct questions so you can answer. Like, I don't, where is the, where is your favorite place that you've gone? Or so I can answer direct, tell me about yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I, mean, uh, I got a kid, <laughs> I got a job, I like to travel, I got a, I don't know what to say. So exactly. Like, ask more 
more detailed questions. Crystal, do you like that question? I don't like, it sounds like an interview question. Like I've been interviewing recently and I've been asked that question in every interview. I so hate you, in interviews. Even in interviews, like you have to think, what do you want me to say? I'm going to have to start a, um, my career history up to now. It's a really, really awkward question. And for a date to ask me that, like what are we, are we, are we, are we, are you interviewing me? What's going on here? And I also hate those questions like, so what, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite Why does food? it even matter? Nobody even- Why? Gives no. <laughs> what's your favorite food? What's your favorite TV show? No. They're pointless. No. Boring. Yeah. Boring. You'll find out with time. You'll ask me what I'm doing. Exactly. I'll tell you this show. You'll ask me again. I'll tell you this show. And then you'll be like, damn, you like that show? Yes, the hell yeah. I did. I don't know. Rashida, are you a fan of the question? No. What's your name? What's your best food? Who's your best friend? Where do you live? Where were you born? God miss me with those questions. So funny enough, I stopped answering those questions. So when people say, oh yeah, tell me about yourself. I'm like, actually, no, let's just chat normally. And then in time, you'd pick up important things about me. So for instance, if I say, oh, I'm going out now, I'm wearing my purple shirt. Okay. Next day, I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, I dropped my purple purse on the floor on my purple this. And you just realize, OK, she likes purple, just as you said with the TV show. She does like purple or she's watching something on telly. And I feel like that's a more organic way to get to know people as opposed to what's your name? What's your best food? Where do you live? What did it? I hate yeah, those yeah. questions so well, I- much. And honestly, I've had instances where they ask all that and they forget anyways. Like later on, like later on, a couple months down the line, they ask, you know, whatever. And I'm like, don't you remember we had this conversation? They're like, just tell me again. I don't want to scroll oh, up. God. So why the hell did you ask me? Versus exactly. how you said it, Rashida, if you're picking it up, it's because you're actually paying attention. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Even in interviews for jobs, they'll ask you all these questions and then you start the job and they ask you stuff that you like, you asked me that during the interview. <laughs> interviews crystal because the last topic i wanted to talk about was uh being black in a work environment i don't know how it is for you all over there i'm sure being black at this point in any country in any continent it's pretty much uh i mean unless it's the actual continent where it's primarily black people so i should specify because it's not like that everywhere but um how is it in the work environment in london um one thing i will say that um was a topic on Twitter a few weeks ago. There was a black woman and she posted a video. I think it was a TikTok or a real video, but she posted it also online on Twitter. And um, it was basically about what you should do if you have a quote unquote ghetto name. So as a black woman, she was telling other black people with quote unquote ghetto names that they should in fact be using their middle name if they want to get in for an interview. Because she said, yes, I'm not gonna front, we judge you guys and she's a black woman so she's basically saying yeah we judge you when your mom's giving you these ghetto names and you put that on there so don't put it on there (laughs) some people are like oh well she's giving free game she's basically telling y'all how to get your foot in the door but a lot of people were saying that's some bullshit like as a black woman why are you trying to push black people that have these unique names to pretend to have a quote-unquote Americanized or normals type name in order to get an interview whether or not you're qualified. So I guess I'll start with that. What do you think about, I guess, her advice about people with 
quote unquote ghetto names using their middle name that's less ghetto to get their foot in the door for interviews, Crystal? <laughs> I am not sure what a ghetto name is, but you know there are these Africans who have these really complicated names like Olua something 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 Rashida give me a name give me a name uh, like even like Benga so the way I'd say Benga because it's a Yoruba name it's I'd be able I can pronounce the G B Benga but I know um any person Benga. that's not Nigerian cannot pronounce it properly okay yeah so names like Ololade, Oluwakemi, they always, people kind of try to tell you to shorten it, but I don't understand, I, I wouldn't, I would say no, just go with your name, because for, for Africans, for example, if you've got us, you can't change your surname, even if you change your first name to whatever, Clara, you still got your last long Clara, Ade, Jimmy, something, something. So no, I don't, I don't think we should. It's, it's, it's kind of saying fold yourself, which we're always being told as black people to fold ourselves in, to make, to make sure you, nobody sees you, nobody hears you. If you don't hire me because of my name, then that's your problem, not mine. Yeah, Just right. because yeah. my name, you think my name sounds ghetto or African and you decide not to hire me, that's prejudice it and is. that is your problem not mine it is because if yeah. you're gonna stop at the name obviously on all resumes your name is at the top that's one of the first things they ask you if you're not going to read through the resume and see my qualifications because of my name exactly. then what how does that work when you get there and they realize you black anyway it's like exactly what are your thoughts on i guess you having to switch up and fake it to get your door, I mean, your foot in the door to get in the interview because of your name. No, I don't, as in, just as Crystal said, I don't think you should have to change your name to something that's socially acceptable to whatever society you're in. I feel like that is a terrible thing to ask anybody to do. But having said that, just as you said, my friend, I've got a friend whose name, well, her, her first, she has an English first name and there's some Nigerians that have English last names as well. So when she goes to interviews, her name is like Tina Smith, but she's a very black Nigerian woman. And many times when she rocks up and they're like, oh yeah, we're here to interview Tina Smith. And she puts her hand up like, oh yeah, I'm Tina. And they're like, really? Oh, <laughs> you're different to what I thought you were going to be. But we all know they were expecting yeah. a non-black woman mm-hmm. no, for I those agree. sort of things. And she's like, well, that's her name. And I guess the name her parents gave her. But for someone like me, is I refuse to allow people shorten my name or mispronounce my name. I will correct them until they pronounce it correctly. Because there are some like Russian or Polish names that I can't even pronounce. They're all like 11 letters with all consonants, but they people at work are able to pronounce it. So by all means, do the best you can to pronounce African names. And I'd like to even argue that African names are even easier because they have lots of vowels in them. So you break them into smaller syllables. So it's just that laziness to pronounce a, an ethnic or a ghetto name and we, if we as black men and women 
follow that rule to change our names to socially acceptable names, then we're condoning the laziness. But you have to, I feel like you have to hold people accountable, pronounce my name properly, let my name be, let my name not be a holding um, a stumbling block for my progress. And as Crystal said, if you don't hire me just because my name is Oluwatosin, then it's your loss. It's all on you. I agree. I agree. I, I think everyone was just like, why is a black woman telling y'all to change y'all name? You know, but p- other people are definitely arguing like, well, as much as we don't like it, unfortunately, this is a society that we're in. So if she's behind closed doors in HR and she's telling you this is the case, then we should listen to her. But a lot of people also discovered, you know, for us, I know it, it's the human resource department. I don't know if you guys call it the same or something different, mm-hmm. but they say they, they're not really for you. They're really for the company. No. They just put on yeah. a face. So here we are, someone in HR telling the outsiders to change your name if you want to get the interview. My name is not that hard. My last name is kind of Haitian-ish, I guess. But um, sometimes when I go into interview, yes, my name is my name. And I don't know what they're thinking. But as you can tell how I talk, uh, over the phone, I don't know if they don't think I'm Black. Because I ain't going to put on my little spice. You know, when they call me, I'm going to wait till I get the damn job to let them know I got some spice. But when they call you for the interview, I'm not going to be like, yeah, girl, when you want me to come in? It's just, it has nothing to do about yeah. Think it's just professionalism. But I will mm-hmm. tell you that oftentimes I go into a job and I know they like, hold on, you was Black on the phone. Like I could see it in their face. But mm-hmm. Can I say, I think it stopped me from getting a few jobs. I can tell because I feel like once they saw me, their energy shifted. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they did the interview, but they already knew we going to wrap this the hell up. Yeah. But it wasn't based off my name. I think it was based on my voice. And when I got in, they realized I was black. And then another thing I wanted to mention to you all, because I know sometimes it's a thing here. It's becoming more acceptable, which it shouldn't be. When it comes to natural hair, box braids, crochet, all that stuff used to be like, okay, can should I put my hair in box braids? Should I put crochet if I'm going for an interview? Because I don't know, it's too black. I, I, I mean, unfortunately, these are the thought process that a lot of black women did have to go through when they were going for job interviews. Now yeah. it's becoming more open. Even now they're passing laws. I know at some point, I think last year, New York passed a law where it's now, now girl, okay. And 2020 <laughs> last year, now illegal to, um, to, discriminate against someone that's wearing their natural hair at a workplace that applies to black people because we know who the hell they talking about yeah wait why was that even a thing if a thing or c y'all can't tell me nothing about my like what do you want me to do (laughs) exactly exactly when i first yeah when i first started working in banking i started as an intern and there's this company in london that helped the place ethnic minorities in internships in banking and law firms and we all got the jobs and stuff so for two weeks before the job started this company which is an amazing one they set up training sessions for all of us so we learned how to use excel word powerpoint so that on the by the first day you get to work when you're asked to do stuff on excel or powerpoint we were already ahead of all the other interns which was good but we had a session which was just meeting etiquettes and workplace 
behavior. And I remember the Nigerian woman that came to, to tell her, talk to us then. She, must have been, she would have been in her mid-30s then. Then I think I was 22 or 23. And she was like, look, look at me. Her hair was bone straight. She had a weave, I think. And she was like, this is how you should have your hair because people, non-Black people, honestly, non-Black people do not know the difference between braids and dreadlocks. If your edges are not tidy, then your hair looks untidy and you look terrible and da, da, da. And there was this Ghanaian boy. He had, um, like his hair was shoulder length and he had done it in neat conrows. And he had done it really nicely. And he was in one of the top investment banks. And she pointed him out. She was like, I'm not sure you'd be able to have that hair at work. Girl. And yeah, he <laughs> had the hair for, I think, so the, our internship was a whole year. So we used to meet up every month. And I think he had it for three months. Then one time he just turned up to the next meetup oh. and he had cut his hair. Oh. And he did. Oh. And he's. No, but he said nobody asked him to cut it, but the kind of attention he got at work because of it. So on a Monday when he had just gone to the hairdressers the week before, maybe he just got like neat and he just used to do all to the back con road. So when he just did it neatly, he, even the senior managers would come, oh, your hair looks nice. You look interesting. You and he was just like, it just made him stand out and he just hated it. And everybody talked about his hair all the time. So he just cut it off. But they do that to me. They do that to me at work all the time. If I have yep. long hair today and short hair, oh, you changed your hair. And I'm like, leave me. Oh, it's that new hair. Oh, every time I'm yeah. like, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah. I have a story about hair at work. So, you know, sometimes you have braids and sometimes you have a wig. So that was one time I have this really long Beyonce kind of wig. I only wear it for weddings, but I wore it to work for a week and I got so many compliments. You look so beautiful. This is how you should look. Uh, da, 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 da. And I hated that attention because my hair doesn't look like that. So the next week I go into work with Conroe. So I had a ponytail and some to the front. And some guy just comes up to me and he just runs his fingers Girl, through the front of the hair. Boy, no. And I, I wasn't <laughs> no, upset. <laughs> I was upset, but I wasn't as upset as I... I was upset over the wrong thing, to be honest. Because okay. for me, I was upset because I was like, oh, crap, what if it was a wig and he did that and he just shifted my wig? How would I explain <laughs> my hair shifted? <laughs> Honestly, that was what I was most annoyed about. But I just slammed my hand on my desk and I just walked to the bathroom and I took my phone. So I just sat in the toilet and I was on Instagram and I forgot how long I'd been there for. About 20 minutes later, the only other black woman in my team then comes and says, oh, um, Rashida, you're all right. I'd, we, I heard there was an incident. I just need to make sure you're all right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm not mad, but I feel like I have to make a point. So I go back into the office and I'm like, actually, I'm done with anybody talking about my hair or touching my hair. We're no longer having this conversation. Please don't ask me about my hair. Don't comment about it. Just leave me. And the senior manager had to pull me to a meeting to make sure I was fine. And because everybody was worried I was going to report him. I didn't because mm -hmm. I was more worried that crap. What if it was the day I had the wig and he pulled <laughs> it off and my conros are always jacked up on the wig. I'm like, yeah, priorities, right? But no, the, the yeah. hair touching. I, I mean, I just don't 
listen, I just don't get why it's just that interesting to folks that aren't black. You don't need to touch it. You don't need to, to feel. You don't need to comment. Just, just let it be. Your hair looks nice. Your hair mm. looks nice. Like what difference does it make? And all these things you do think about. I no longer work in an environment where it's predominantly white, but like almost every job I've ever worked at in my life has been mostly white people and a few black people, a few Hispanics, and you throw other ethnicities in there. I'm now at a job where it's like 95% black people and the white people or the non-blacks are the majority. I mean, are the minority. And it's wonderful to me. I could change my hair. Anything, they're going to be like, yes, this, I see you. You know, you get a different comment versus, oh my God, because like you said, Crystal, oh my God, your hair's so short. I've had people ask me, you know, like, how do you get the braids to stick on your head? <laughs> I'm just like, can y'all, can y'all stop? Like, can y'all stop? You know, and I'll just be like, but you braid it. But how do you, I don't have time to explain. I don't have time. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, so working in an environment now where it's mostly sisters, I'm just like, Lord, thank Heaven. you. Thank you. Yeah. It's like, the environment you didn't know you need because I can flourish at any job with any race or whatever because I don't have a problem. I'm always myself and I know what the hell I'm doing. So a bitch gets her work done. Okay. Yep. But being able to work with my sisters and if so-and-so gets crochet or you get um locks today or you get a wig, nobody cares. Nobody questions mm-hmm. it. Nobody's working. Everybody just says, yes, girl, I love that color on you and keep it moving. And I like that. So yeah. And I'm sorry, one last thing I was going to say back to the story I said when I had the um, long Beyonce week, I got a lot of compliments and ideally, okay, the first day, honestly, it made me feel good. I was like, wow, I'm so hot. I'm so beautiful. But after like three, four days of people, people that I on my floor that I just waved to across the floor, actually coming up to me and saying, oh my God, this hair looks nice. This looks so beautiful. And I kept on telling them, thank you. And one English woman comes up to me that this is so nice. I think this is the hairstyle we should always have. And I had to tell her, actually, Maggie, this is not my hair. And she couldn't Mm -hmm. understand it. So I had to show her a video on Instagram (laughs) that this is how it is, that this is not my hair. And I, at that point, I still resenting the compliments I was getting because I was getting compliments because my hair looked Caucasian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas yeah. my hair is, you can see it's off, is 4C and curly as hell. So why wouldn't, why should I be accepting the compliments because my hair looks like Caucasian hair when my real hair is curly? And after that, I don't think I've worn wigs to work since it's Conroe's or braids because I'm just like, I cannot get compliments. I don't want compliments because my hair looks white. So let me ask you a question. Did anybody else bring up your hair after you told them not to bring it up? No, no, no because <laughs> so, business, girl. No, they didn't because, you know, I said I went into the toilet and I was on Instagram. I know the way you fall down the rabbit hole. So they thought I stormed off and I was upset. That's why I was in the toilet. But I couldn't confess to them that actually it was just Instagram. <laughs> I was just looking at the Instagram feed. But because I was away for so long, they all thought I was upset and I was going to take it up. 
people. Mm. Hey, whatever works, whatever works. Yeah. Honestly, for me, I was just relieved that it was Conros I had and he did not pull my wig off. That was that was what was concerning <laughs> me, I must be yeah, honest. Yeah, but the whole touching of the hair, that needs to not it's be... Terri- like, yeah, it's not, nah. I've never yes, seen a white person's it. hair. I don't care how nice their hair looks or an Indian person or Asian or whatever. I'll say your hair looks nice, but to yeah. go and touch and be like, touch oh, it? Why? Well, I don't understand why they think it's okay and why they don't think if they came in with colored hair and I went, oh, yeah, it's nice. Let me touch it. I'm yeah. sure I'll be in so much trouble. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. And I think it, unfortunately, I mean, not to get all super deep, but it's true. It, it goes back to, um, you know, within slavery and back in the days where they would basically put black people out on display in the white people would just watch us like we were animals. They would literally have little kids there, you know, or whatever the case is playing and people would come and they would pay and they would watch the little black kid. They, they post about it often online that I've seen and just watch the little black kid walk around, play around. Why are you watching us? What is he doing differently than your little white children? Like why? But exactly. for some reason they put us on display or we're, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always like, they're watching and we're so different and we're like, mm. you know, I mean, we are the bomb. Don't get me wrong. We are the shit. Yes, okay? baby. <laughs> I will say yep. that. But, but you can't running up on us trying to trying to touch us and, and make sure we're real. We are real as fuck. Just accept it for what it is. But all the extra touching and all that stuff. And you have some people that don't mind. If, if you have someone that says, oh, hey, can I touch your hair? Let me feel it. Some people don't mind as long as they're asked. Some people still mind because yeah. they don't want to be asked. Mm-hmm. Try. If you want to feel it and you're that. Get a slap. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you want to try it, at least ask. But th- just don't reach over and start touching people because you might not make it home that day. Okay? Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that's all the topics I have for you, ladies. It's been a good, good, good conversation. Um, so the last thing I've been doing is I've been talking a little bit about travel talk. Um, since you know I'll be liking to be in these streets. So I'll ask um a question that I've been asking, and that is what is um your favorite vacation destination that you've been on already? Um, I'll start with you, Crystal. Do you travel much? It sounds like you do because you be wilding when you want vacay with the bikinis. <laughs> oh, I, I, I've traveled a lot. Um, but there was one place I went to where I don't know, I feel like maybe in another life, maybe I lived there because <laughs> I just felt at home. I felt like I was at home, even though I don't speak the language. And that was in Colombia. So they speak Spanish. I want to go there so bad. Oh my God. I felt at home. It was beautiful. It was just lovely. So yeah, Colombia. Colombia forever. I loved it so nice. much. It was, it was such go. a great holiday. And I heard that there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of Afro Latina there, a lot of yeah. black people. So you definitely yeah. do feel at home from what people say. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. We went to this, um, we went to this bar and there was this black guy singing and he would, he just pulled us up. It was so nice. I just, yeah, good. I'll never forget. Yeah. I'll Definitely go. Yeah. Put it on the list. Yes. Yes. How about you, Rashida? Um, I'm trying to think one of the, I don't remember exactly the best place I've been, but one holiday one place that stands or no I cannot choose the best place of bed but one of the destinations that stands out for me is Venice 
and I just really really like the calm nature of Venice and I think it may be because just before Venice I'd been to Amsterdam then we flew into Venice and Amsterdam is overrun with the bicycles and I kept on trying not to get killed by a bicycle by bicycle so then flew to Venice and there's no road traffic everything is on the canal on the boat so that was just so nice and we island hopped from Venice to somewhere called Murano which is quite famous for glass blowing and I just remember sitting on the edge of the canal with my legs hanging over the side with um a drink in the hand and it was just it's just this I had this sense of peace and calm that even sometimes when I feel stressed I just somehow take myself back there over and over again yeah sometimes it'd be like that sometimes that place yeah you can think of it and yeah. you feel at peace I've definitely yeah definitely place. yeah then it's for me I'd go again in a heartbeat nice nice how far I'd is go. it from you guys I think it's like a two-hour flight or yeah, two cool. yeah if that oh okay. okay must be less than actually yeah it's less than about two or one and a half I think all right, so I'm going to ask, I haven't been to London, but when I do make it there, do you, uh, if one Who of you- are you going to hang out with when you go to London, when you come to London? Guys, Rashida and Crystal, I'll have to- Yes. Please, you guys will definitely know when I head there, because y'all going to have to show me around. But for the yes. listeners, as a Black women in London, if you each could give one suggestion on a must-do for- a person of color that wants to visit London outside of the norm. Do you guys have any suggestions on what someone might like? Um, let me think. Where is okay? Well, I went to like Brixton is a very black area, but they have this box park. Crystal, have you ever been to the box park yeah, in, have, Brixton? Yeah, in Brixton? Yeah, so yeah. that is quite nice actually. Okay, it's, I've never heard of it. So Brixton is a very black, very 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 black area. And they, they're gentrifying it. So they have these like hipster bars and stuff that come up. So these are like, it's a hybrid. I don't know how to explain it, but the vibe in there was so nice. You get lots of Caribbean food, nice music, and okay, just people generally. Cool. Yeah. So I I really like that. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. You, Anything you can think of? Oh, I can't think of anything. So I'm just going to say my favorite, my favorite area to hang out in london which is shoreditch it's just cool vibes what okay. not camden no it's shoreditch not camden i like camden but shoreditch is my favorite area to hang out in london shoreditch shoreditch yeah okay i've never heard yeah. of that so shoreditch Cam- what do you mean just not camden it's not so Camden, you... Rashida. You can't tell me where my favorite. <laughs> so why did we? So listen to this. We used to go to Camden every Saturday or every other Saturday. Do you remember? Yeah, that's before I discovered Shoreditch. Oh right, oh right. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Rashida's ready to fight you. Like, girl, what? Now it better be <laughs> But but okay, that Camden is, is that a is... good place as well. Camden, you should definitely visit Camden if you Camden come is to nice. London. Or if you want to hang out, I think Shoreditch. If you want to hang out, cool vibes. Shoreditch is also a good place. All right. Well, mm-hmm. when I visit London, I'm gonna go wherever y'all bring me because y'all yes, will have to bring girl. me your favorite spots. Yep, so. yep, yep. <laughs> All right. Before we go, if you could tell the listeners where they can find you, ladies, in your podcast. So we are on Instagram, Talking Single Podcast. 
Talking Single Podcast on Twitter and the Talking Single Podcast on Facebook. And um, our podcast is on Spot, uh, Sp- uh, Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah. Yay! And they talk about a range of topics just like me. So y'all will definitely enjoy it. The ladies definitely have no filter when they're having their conversations. <laughs> and, there, and there's usually four of you guys. So you hear all different types of perspectives and all different things going on. So I definitely love it. And uh, thank you thank ladies you. for joining me. I appreciate thank it. You thank you so much for having us. It was really, been, really, I really, really had a nice time today. Thank yeah. you. Thank it's you. been so much fun. And I knew it would be. I knew it would be. So me thank too. you. I need to have these ladies on. So I definitely appreciate it. So listeners, thank you for joining me for another episode. And that's all for now. Bye.